Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Floor and Decor. Largest selection of hard surface flooring and lowest prices guaranteed. Head over to Tyler, Texas. Brian, welcome to WBAP. Thanks, Jim. How are you today? I'm doing great. How about you? Uh, it's beautiful out here in Tyler today. That's yep. for sure. Um, I got a question. I've got a house. Uh, I retired from Lewis, Louisville, moved down here to Tyler, and the house is about uh, two years old. And I have a tankless water heater. And so my question is, what they, they talk about instant water. So what do you consider instant? How long is instant coming out of a Renai tankless water heater? Well, there's a difference between a tankless water heater and instant hot water. Uh, because whether it's a tank or a tankless, however far that hot water has to go from the water heater to the faucet, you know, it's going to be mm-hmm. blown cold water until that hot water reaches it. For instant hot water, you either got to have a loop-type system or another, uh, you know, single-spot-type water heater or a small tank where near where the faucets are. Uh, okay, so... In my master bath, the, the tankless water heater is on that wall, uh, and it take it takes about a minute. It takes sixty seconds, and sometimes ninety seconds, depending on how cold it is, to get hot water. So that would be kind of normal. Then sixty seconds would be kind of no, normal coming out of a, a, a just a regular tankless water heater. And you're saying that the water heater is right there by that bathroom? Uh, it's within. Yeah, yeah, it's on that same wall. It's within uh, seven feet of the spigots. Oh, the heck no. Uh, I mean, I've got a tankless water heater in my house. It's on the other end of the house. And the water takes me about 60 seconds to get there. But, heck, it's traveling all the way across the house. So right. Right. Uh, when it's so, that close, you should have hot water in, in a matter of just a few seconds. Okay, so... What do you think the problem is with the tankless water heater? Is it not set right? Is it? Well, I'm wondering, uh, one, yeah, if the flow isn't set right on it. But the other thing I'm wondering is if they got a loop going around before uh, the water is coming to that bathroom. I, I, I bet that because I didn't buy the house new. Like I said, it, it's, it's uh, about two years old. Yeah. Uh, that's probably what it is. It probably loops around before it gets over there. It, yep. Do you, do you have a manifold system in the house by chance? You know, where there's ch- uh, cutoff valves for the, all the different uh, fixtures? Yeah, well, they're under the sink type deal, yeah. No, a manifold would be yeah. like either in the garage or up in the attic. And what they do with that is they bring the hot water to that manifold and then go out to all the different fixtures. Okay, I don't know, Jim. If I do, okay. I'd have to. Yeah, I'd have to look. Uh, but uh, but I, that probably answers the question right there. I bet they because the house is twenty seven hundred square feet. So if they've looped it around, yep, that's what they the probably bathroom did. And come back or something of that nature, then that's why it probably takes that long. Yep. So that that answers my question. That's All cool. right. All right, Brian. You Thanks take it easy. Much, Jim. Okay. Thank you, sir. Bye. You bet. One last question, if you have time. Sure, um, go ahead. 
when we had some chimney repair work done, they, they had sprayed some stuff on the brick itself. And they said it would be good to have the whole house sprayed. I mean, they weren't trying to sell anything or whatever, but it'll, they said it will help the brick, you know, last longer and better protection. Any thoughts on that? Any recommendations on that? Uh, it, it was probably a, a waterproofing that they sprayed on it, you know, to uh, correct, soak correct. in. And, it, you know, because fireplaces, when the moisture soaks through the brick, it actually comes down in the chimney or in your firebox inside the fireplace. Um but the rest of the house is on a brick ledge that is recessed down below your slab. And it's built so that the moisture that goes through the brick runs down the backside and out those weep holes. And so in general, you don't need it. And I will tell you, I live in a house that was built in 73. Uh, I did coat the fireplace uh, 18 years ago. I haven't coated it since, but never did coat the rest of the house because... Um, it's it's just not needed. It it's it doesn't hurt the brick any, but it's not going to help you with anything either. Okay, sounds good. Thank you, Jim. Right. Have a great day. Jay, you take care. Had a bathroom remodel question from Michael. I want to replace my old tile bathroom countertop with one of those one-piece countertop sink units. The width between the walls is fifty-nine and a half inches. All of the units I see on the internet are 61. Am I just out of luck? Thanks. No. You just need to call one of the uh, companies who can make one for you. It's really not that unbelievably expensive. Um, What you're looking for is imitation marble. That's typically what those countertops are made out of. And uh, they can come in, get the exact measurements, and make one exactly for your bathroom and the best part of that they'll come in and install it if you want as well or give it to you to install but uh, nonetheless uh, it can be done and it's it's a great way to uh, to get it get the exact size that you need you know what you see online is just what the manufacturers make as standard sizes and typically that one for 61 inches is made for something wider than 61 inches. It'll have finished edges on both sides of it, not something for going up against the wall. Uh, typically, when you put one in, like you have 59 and a half inches, in between an area that way, you'd run it wall to wall, and then you'll have a plate, a backsplash, that will come up the wall a little bit. And so it'll be flat. It doesn't have the, the curled up edge so that that uh, splashboard sits flat on the countertop. So, again, just uh, find a uh, manufacturer for imitation marble. Now, I am going to start with a, an email that came in from Brad. And he says, uh, hey, Jim, your counterparts in San Antonio definitely disagree with you and actually suggest something more than a drip. Uh, And what he's talking about is I tell people all the time, don't leave your water dripping or running. Insulate the pipes better, and you won't have to do that. Anyways, I would be interested to hear the physics explanation of what or why that works, but that's a question for them. Your comment about waterfalls and rivers freezing remind me that my rain chains did almost the same thing. 
I can't attach a picture, but while they are open to both the wind and temperature up on the top of the hill, it's a similar thing. Sort of a pretty sight, but I'm ready for Minnesota weather to be over and back to the 80-degree weather we had several days ago. I agree with that. I, I like that 80 to 90. I, I'm real happy still up to 95. It starts getting a little warm at 100 degrees, but I, I'm ready for the freeze to be over. Don't don't need this weather any longer. But what he's talking about is, like I said, don't leave the water running. Insulate your pipes and protect it that way. Rivers freeze. Running water freeze. Waterfalls freeze. Why do you think running your pipes is going to solve the problem? It can still freeze. Now, uh, d- does it... Uh, Maybe slow down the freeze. Yeah, it maybe could slow down the freeze a little bit. Not as well as just wrapping the pipes and taking care of it that way. So that is what I would recommend you do. We're going into Dallas. And, Buck, how can I help you today? Hey, Jim, thanks for taking my call. We've got a home built in the 40s, and we're getting ready to do an addition or and a, and a renovation. So I've noticed a couple of times when, uh, I've, when, the, air, when the heater's off, I put my hands on near the – There's the, some of the rooms have floor vents and some of, the, some of them have ceiling vents. I don't know why right. they – obviously it was installed later, but the floor vents, I can feel a substantial amount of ice-cold air coming up through those. So obviously those are leaking. Uh, is it easy to get – this is the old parent being home. Is it, it, can, you re, can you replace those? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, and it, you you may find since you've got ceiling vents, it's going to be one. the The floor vents may not be hooked up to anything anymore, and so you're just getting cold air coming up from under the home. Oh, okay. I hadn't thought of that. I guess I guess I'll next time the heat's running, I'll see if there's hot air coming out of them. Yeah, because uh, once they put in the the ceiling vents. If you're on central air and heat, your heat and cool is coming through the ceiling vent. Okay, this is, brings up a point of something interesting. About two years ago, I was we had the floors refinished, and I was looking in one of those, you know, the the down the, the rectangular right. sheet metal going down the floor, and one side of it had a huge hole in it, not hooked up to anything. So maybe what you're telling that. That makes sense. Yeah. Maybe they those are disconnected from everything. Yep. And if that's the case, you can just plug them. Use some of that oh. uh, great stuff and, and spray foam down yeah. in there and seal them up, and you'll get rid of that cold draft. Okay. Wow. This has been a great call. Your show is great. I really appreciate it, and, and thanks a lot for your help. I, I appreciate you calling. Thank you, sir. Going up to Huntsville. Is it Cecil? Yes, sir. How are you, Cecil? I'm well. How about you? I'm doing wonderful. Hey, I got a first world problem. Um, my, our house is like two years old, three years old. Um, and my wife gets upset and during the winter. The uh, trim, particularly the baseboard and the crown molding. And I think it's in, in butt joints as opposed to, you know, um, What's the other kind of joint? Uh, they didn't do them on 45s. They just butted them up against each other. Yeah. I, 
Well, I think they're just 90s, uh, you know, in in the long run. Okay. And they separate. In the, the builder's been back once under the warranty, and, you know, the uh, painter uh, pulled out all the old caulk and put new caulk in and repainted it. But, you know, every, every time, the, you know, it gets kind of the humidity gets down in the 20s or 30s inside the house, percent uh, humidity, they separate again. Is there, is there a kind of caulk that I could buy that would be more elastic? And, you know, I was looking at the caulk he was using, and it was, you know, it wasn't just good old latex. It was some big combination of silicone and other stuff uh, that was in that, uh, on the label on the caulk gun he had. Uh, right. Well, normally... Uh, a siliconized caulk will have some pretty good elasticity to it, but there's one that's called Big Stretch. And Big Stretch is designed, just like the name says, to, to allow it to, to stretch out. And so it expands and contracts with the gaps like that much better than just a regular siliconized caulk does. It's a little bit okay. tough to locate sometimes, but uh, yeah, that's that sounds like what you're going to be looking for is is the big stretch. Right. And is there a better time to do it? I mean, am I better off trying to fill those joints now when it's you know kind of more separated? Um, well, the issue is that? when when you fill them when they're really separated, uh, when summer comes and they. Expand expand and push together there's going to be a little ridge there then yeah so it's kind of darn if you do darn if you don't type situation uh really what you're looking for is the in-between time so that it's, so it's shoulder not, months, huh? yeah so it's not not a uh a, a, a full open but it's not full close yet either just a reminder it's a huge help if you subscribe to rate and review the podcast it helps people find us Bruce. Hey, Bruce. I uh, I got a question. I got a weird thing going on. I've never come across before. I've got a uh, when my heater unit comes on, I get a gurgling in the the guest bathroom, like in the drain. Just only when the heater's on. Uh, you don't there get... is a drain pipe coming in there. You know, like a condensation line, right. I guess. Yep. But why am I getting that gurgling in there when the heater is on? Yeah, you don't get it when the AC runs. Never noticed it before. Okay. Uh, that, that is basically the condensation drain line. And it's, for some reason, you must be getting a backup of air. Have you gone in and closed a bunch of vents or anything? No, I haven't. I've tried, you know, closing the door in the bathroom and see if that changes anything or, you know. Only thing I can change is pull the, push the stopper down in the sink, then I don't hear it, you know? Yeah. But is that an indication of something plugged up, or what would that be? No, I mean, yeah, I'm not sure why you're hearing it when the heater's going, because we're, when the heater's going, you're not normally pulling a bunch of humidity out of the air. Um, yeah. So I, I'm kind of wondering if, if your system has some type of issue going on uh, or something is blocking the airflow across the coils which is pushing it down the condensation line hmm okay 
Well, I don't know. We've changed filters uh, and stuff like you that. Know, if it w- if it was cooling season, I would say don't worry about it. But in heating yeah. system, that's not it's not normal to hear it. Right. So yeah, you may want a couple of, you know guys guys around there like I don't know what that is. I've never. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you think uh, like cleaning the coils up on, on top the buttons? Something uh, there uh, is an issue. It, it could be, but you know I. I I doubt it. I, I really think it's just going to be some type of uh, restriction. Uh, I would recommend you get... Do you have somebody who comes in and services it in spring and fall? No, I haven't. I've only been here a year and a half in this house. Is it a brand no, new house? Two years now. No, no, it's about 20 years old. Okay. Then I would definitely get somebody to come in. I mean, it should be serviced twice a year because it very well could be that the coils up in the attic are dirty at this point and need to be cleaned and that and that would uh let the airflow go better okay we'll try that thank you okay you bet all right take care bye-bye 713-212-5874 and just for everybody listening you need to have your air conditioning system serviced twice a year once for heating, once for cooling. And they check things like this out then. You know, the one, they should be checking the condensation drain, make sure it's, you know, not plugged or anything. But uh, the coils, are they getting dirty or something? Uh, check the filters. Are they being changed like they should? And for every inch thick of filter you have, that's basically a month. So, you know, if you got the one-inch filters that you put at the register you got to change your filter every month if you got a four inch media filter you change it every four to six months because as it gets bigger that way it can buy you a little bit more time uh anyways that's just a a rule of thumb but when you have the unit serviced they always check all those things as well as the coolant levels and stuff like that and and uh you know, make sure things that need to be lubricated are so that the system stays running when you need it. Linda in uh, Plano was asking, aluminum attic pull-down ladder, do you recommend them? And if so, do you have a source for purchase and installation of one? Well, yeah, the aluminum ones, they're lightweight. They uh, hold up real well. Uh, as far as where to get one, I mean, you can even go to the box stores and order these things. And quite frankly, the box stores even have installers who can put them in. But McCoy's, Sutherland's, uh, most building supply stores will have the availability of the aluminum pull-down ladders. One note I will give you is you got a choice on the style you get because you've got the, t- the the traditional type, you know, where it flips over and then the bottom pulls out and it's, it sets down that way. But they also have them now where when you pull down the panel, it slides out like an extension ladder. So, you know, depending on, uh, on which one you prefer, you can take a look at both of them. Um, the, the one where it slides out like an extension ladder... I will tell you, it's probably just a little bit easier to set up. But at the same token, it's a little bit pain in the butt to put back up uh, if it starts sticking anywhere. So 
Uh, but yeah, it, it is a little bit easier to use. Mike, how are you today? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I, I had a question when we built our house. We put a French drain system in where the downspouts go directly into it. And it's about 10 years old. Uh, <coughs> which, how would you suggest cleaning them out? Like use a vacuum system or a pressure washer, like a pressure washer snake or... Or do you a pre- know a company that does that? A pressure washer snake is is typically what you would use on on gutters, or uh, I'm sorry, on drains like that. Now you said it's a French drain. Uh, is that a perforated pipe or or is it just a solid pipe? It's a solid pipe that goes directly into a storm drain. Okay, yeah, then definitely, uh, yeah, and, and that's just a drain pipe. A French drain would be perforated pipe that's capturing yeah. groundwater. Uh, but yeah. You just get one of those heads that can go on to the hose of a pressure washer. You just run that down through there, and it cleans everything out for you. Yeah, and, too, I've listened to your uh, commercial about the roofs. You know, when we built the house, we spray foam the, the roof rafters and stuff. And I know where if it starts leaking, you really can't tell. When should a person start looking at his roof uh, after how many years? You know, it's, it was like a... 30 or 40 year guarantee you know how they yeah. measure roofs well you know after the roof is is probably about 10 years old uh you want to check and make sure that the uh flashing is good and, and all the sealants you know the uh that they use on the flashing and, and around the uh vent pipes and all that stuff is all still in good shape not dried out and cracking other than that, just keep an eye on the shingles. When they get old and, and be starts becoming time to replace, they'll actually dry out and start to curl up on you. And until okay. that point, they're good. They're good. It's really just okay. your, it's just really the uh, details around the vent pipes and flashing and stuff that you got to worry about un- until that point. And that company at Guardian, you said Guardian Roof and- Systems. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they can come out and take a look at it for you. Okay. Yeah, I may give him a call. Okay. Well, let me uh, get a pressure washer and go to work. Now, I, I, I guess the first question I would have, though, are you having any issues with the water flowing through the pipe? Yeah, it's bubbling up out, you know, and, you know, it's by the flower bed where it's washing out the flower bed. Okay. Yeah. So then it's, then it's time to get them clean. Did they use the uh, black corrugated or did they use regular PVC pipe? Um, the black corrugated. Yeah, and that's notorious for starting to plug up because those little those little indents they'll start getting build yeah. up and and it just continues. And uh, don't let anybody run a, a regular snake through that because it just chews that pipe up. You, the, the only way you can clean it is with the pressure washer. Yeah, and we're we got a lot of pine trees around, not on our property, but the property next to us. So. We get a lot of pine needles in the in the gutters that we have to clean out every year. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. Pressure washer will handle it. Okay. Great. Take well, care. Thanks for your help. You bet. Bye bye. Gene, how can I help you today? Okay. You know the pad that they put under the compressor out back. Yes, it ma'am. Looks like it's a concrete block. Okay. The yard man hit two corners. And knocked them. Well, what it is, it's not concrete. It's, it's styrofoam. It's like a beat, like a beaded 
boy, hard board. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything that you can spray on there or put on the corners to keep? I'm scared that the um, the weather is going to deteriorate it. Oh, you don't have to worry about that. Just don't uh, worry about it. Nah, it's not. It's not going to hurt anything. And quite frankly, even if it did, uh, your AC person would be able to slide a new one in underneath there. Uh, the pads themselves are relatively inexpensive, and they're lightweight. If you want to just make it look better, uh, you can actually just cover it with mortar. You know, just mix up some uh, mortar like you would for concrete or for uh, uh, bricks. Or they make a spray paint that has texture in it that you could spray on it. But if you just left it alone, it's not going to hurt anything. Well, okay, but well, what, what is, where can I get the spray at? At, at any box store at the Lowe's, Home Depot, Ace Hardware, um, and, and, and what, it's just what, a. Okay, go into what the, is it called when I ask for it? Go into the the spray paint area, and you're just looking for the textured spray paint. Textured spray paint. Okay. Yep. Okay, that no, because I've already talked to the air conditioned people. They said they can come out and lift the compressor up, yeah. slide one under, but it'd be around two hundred dollars. So, yeah, I, I, I was trying to. If it was at my house, I wouldn't worry about it a bit. Jim, how are you today? Okay, I have a couple of questions, but the first one I had was the um, engineered floor, wood floor, yeah. and um, my wife wants. Yeah, it looks okay to me, but she wants to change the color of it. And she's she wants to restain it, um, and it's it's a you know it's not real. It's it injured in floor. I mean, I think it's thick enough that it will. I can buff it down or whatever, take uh-huh. the finish off, and then she wants to restain it. But I, I don't know how to to do that. I guess it's going to depend on the flooring that you have down. Some engineered floors, like I've got one in my house. It can be sanded and refinished at least, you know, once or twice. Uh, right. the, the veneer on it is thick enough, but some of the engineered floors don't really have wood veneer on them. It's just a plastic over uh, a photograph of wood. So I'm not sure which one you have. We got the I, I actually when we brought the house, it actually had a couple extra boxes laying around. So I, I got an actual piece of it. It's okay. you know, it's like uh, five. It's a little bit thicker than quarter inch. Actually, bigger than that. It's probably five sixteenths or maybe. Anyway, right. It's got. It's got looks like plywood, and then it's got a layer of wood on top of that. The uh, you know, the hardwood on top of that, which is okay. Like, it's it's maybe two mils thick. Okay, and you said you do you still have one of the boxes? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Look on the box, and the, and it will tell you if that floor is able to be sanded and refinished. Oh well, it, it, I I did that, but I it, it didn't have anything. I looked at okay. that. Uh, if so, it, okay, if it okay, let's just go with the assumption that it can be. Uh, yeah. When when you sand those floors down, unlike sanding, say a uh, an oak floor that's you know three quarters of an inch thick, right. you don't want to use the 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 real coarse layer. You're going to go with more of a finer layer because all you're doing is taking off that surface of it so that you can right. refinish it. 
Um, yeah. Is she wanting well, to make it lighter or darker? She wants to make it darker. Okay, good. Because going lighter is, is really a problem. Uh, yeah, but if right. she if she wants to make it darker, all you got to get off is the finish that was put on. You don't have to right. worry about the stain too much, and then you can just go ahead and roll out the new stain on it and put a new finish on. Yeah, okay. But I, I didn't know what kind of – should I rent one of those drum rotors or Orbito or Oh, uh, They make – yeah, that you, you, you want to get a regular floor sander. Uh, and you, you won't find that. Well, some of the Home Depots even rent them out nowadays. Uh, around here, yeah, around. you'll end up but going I, then to just a regular uh, rental shop. But it's a regular floor sander, and you'll also have to get the handheld unit for doing along the edges and stuff. Okay, the edger, yeah. Yep. And then use a real light grit, like I don't know, eighty. No. Probably a hundred, or I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking something around the the hundred, and because uh, if 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 you go any heavy any heavier than that, it's it's going to grind in it too much. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But but you know they had a choice between where the, the rental company I've been talking to they they had this big rolling thing. It looks like a big drum roller. Yeah, a drum roller. Right. Someone recommend using an orbiter, you know, with four pads on it, four or five. The orbiter, the one that rotates. Yeah, that's typically on on a, on a uh, wooden floor like that. It's usually a belt type sander that's used. A big walk behind that has a yeah. belt type sander on it. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then okay. get, get, get enough of the stain off, and then uh, then I could put a, a darker stain on it. Which... Correct. Going to Conroe, Frank. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing great, Jim. How are you today? Wonderful. How can I help you? Hey, Jim, I am the chairman of the Texas State Board of Plumbing Examiners. Okay. And I wanted to just make a statement to encourage your listeners. First of all, I think you do a great service for consumers in Texas with your radio program. I listen to it often. But I want to stress the importance when a consumer has a plumbing job that they hire a licensed plumber to do the job. Uh, everyone who claims to do plumbing is not necessarily a licensed plumber. Oh, man, you got that right. They are money ahead if if the consumer will make sure the plumbing company they hire, such as yours, have properly licensed and trained plumbers. Well, sir, since I got you on the phone... Yes, sir. you, You mind if I ask you a question or two? Sure. Where are we headed with the uh, plumbing board? I mean, I, I, I know we went through the last legislative session and everything got extended again, but are are we done with that fiasco now? You know, uh, Jim, we've done some really exciting things. Uh, myself, along with uh, eight other board members, have been appointed within the last 12 months. And we are working really, really hard to address some of the issues that the legislature had with our plumbing board during the 87th legislative session. Uh, We've made some great strides in trying to uh, shorten the length of time it takes for a plumber to actually take the examination. We have entered into an agreement with the Texas State Technical College in Waco, which is also a state agency, and they have built us another testing center, which doubles our capacity in order to test plumbers to get them licensed and out in the field doing the work. 
Also, something that's really exciting to me is we have worked for the Texas Education Agency, and we have approved a curriculum for high school students who can start their sophomore year, and when they graduate from high school and complete that plumbing program, they will be eligible to take the tradesman license exam immediately upon graduation and completion. Oh, I think that is great. It's going to greatly fill up the pipeline. You know, the average age of a master plumber in Texas is 58 years old. So we're in desperate need for young people to choose plumbing as a career. And I think we've done a lot of things this year that are going to make that happen. They're real game changers. Yeah. Well, Frank, on on promoting something like that, or, or if there's ever anything I can do to help on something like that, I sure would like to, to help out because I wholeheartedly believe not everybody needs to go to college. There's a lot of great trades out there where people can make just a, an amazing living, more than they'd make if they went to college even, own their own businesses and stuff. But it all begins with trade schools like you were just talking about. You know, Jim, it, it is so exciting. And I think, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, we got away from what was known then as shock. Yep. And everything in high school was a college-based curriculum. But I think educators are learning now the value of tradesmen. And quite frankly, the winter storm, URI, last year certainly underscored the need for qualified licensed plumbers in a time of emergency. So I think our timing is right. We've got several high schools who have already uh, picked up the program. And we have got some really exciting things going on at the plumbing board that I'm really proud of. That's great. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that because uh, it, it really made a, a mess for a while there. And, and it wasn't the plumber's fault. It was more legislators' fault, the way they handled things. But yeah, It, it, it was. It, 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 and, you know, the, the, the criticisms that were aimed at the plumbing board, uh, they, were, they were some valid criticisms. Yeah, the I mean, they, let's is. face it, we overcomplicated things for a little while there when we went with this uh, responsible master and all this other stuff. It just got more complicated than it needed to be. But uh, I've, I've been following what you guys have been doing, and, and it really has been impressive, uh, cleaning up the mess that was created realistically eight years ago. Well, you know, I'll tell you, Jim, it, it has been my experience, uh, plumbing – these are a group of very passionate people who carry a lot about their trade, and they have a lot of pride with their trade. Yep. And everything we're going to do at the plumbing board is going to be to protect that license and to expedite the process to get more plumbers in the field and available to serve the consumers of Texas. But I, I guess that I've learned a lot in the last 12 months, but I'll tell you, plumbing is a critical component of the building trade. Oh, and absolutely. Someone, I came to the plumbing board from the Texas Medical Board, and someone pointed out to me that plumbers have saved more lives in the history of the world than doctors have. And when you look at some of the diseases uh, hundreds of years ago that spread across the, the world, most of them were spread through unsanitary conditions or poor water supplies. Yep. So uh, licensed plumbers are are the way to go, and I think consumers need to be particularly careful that when you hire a plumber, make sure they've got a license. And something we've added this year, Jim, that's kind of exciting for me, 
is a consumer can go to our website, the Texas State Board of Plumbing Examiners, texas.gov, click on a little icon there, and, it, and enter your zip code, and it will give you the names and contact information of licensed plumbers in your zip code. Hmm, okay. Is it Consumers just given the, the master, go to the, our the companies website. out, or is it, is, it, is it given just the companies or the individuals? It's given the individual uh, plumber, the master plumber, and their okay. contract license. Good. And also, furthermore, if the consumer wants to check that particular plumber out, any disciplinary action against that plumber is also available on our website. So just a little bit of work on the part of the consum- consumer will go a long way in making sure you get quality work done. A licensed plumber, as you well know, is required to take six hours of a continuing education every year, which keeps them up to speed on current codes and, and techniques. Yep. So you... You are assured when you get a licensed plumber that they've been vetted, they've been tested, and they know how to do the job and do it properly and do it safely. Well, you can do one more favor for me. Sure. If you find any plumbers out there looking for a job, send them my way. Hey, you know what? I've never talked to a master plumber. They didn't tell me the same thing. (laughs) Jim, it's tough finding them. (laughs) I think we have put some things in place in two to three years you're going to see a steady stream of young people entering the industry. As you pointed out, a and I have been told this, that a tradesman plumber graduating from high school holding a license can earn as much as fifty to $60,000 a year just entering the industry. Yep. And as, as you well know, as a advanced through journeyman or master or responsible master, uh, they can get into six digits uh, before you know it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it, it's, a, it's a great career, and we're doing what we can to promote plumbing as a career for young people. And I think the ultimate beneficiary of that is going to be the consumer. Yep, definitely. Well, Frank, I appreciate you calling in. Hey, Jim, thanks for taking my call, and I listen to you often. I say I think you do a great service uh, advising uh, consumers on the building trades and to do things properly, and I just didn't want to overlook the importance of hiring a licensed plumber when you yep. have a plumbing project to do. All right. I appreciate it. And if, 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 always feel free to call in. Thank you, Jim. You have a great day. You too. Take care. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.